When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Hi, welcome to the podcast. We're actually going to start with Seahawks stuff and then end with a whole bunch of other stuff since the season is over currently. But um, I say that I'm going to start with Seahawks stuff. But I was going to ask you a quick question. I'm Lee. That's Todd. I'm going to, Lee is going to ask Todd a question. Cool. Did you know? Have you have you followed the the Australian Open so far? As we mentioned last week, we were we were yes. talking about this. We did mention so, that. So so many upsets. You know, um, Swiatek lost. Yeah. This morning or today or yesterday or three weeks ago, whenever it actually happened, since the time difference. Um. So even the ladies' side is just like this is a mess. But um, so Djokovic, there are, there's a three seed, yeah, three seed left on the men's side, Sisipas, and then fourth seed Djokovic, and then who, whoever else. Yeah, but you're, you're a three seed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm a lefty. You know, put the spin on it. Let's go, oh, this guy. So uh, Djokovic, so far, maybe 33 by the time we're done with this tournament. Yeah. Um, Nadal obviously lost early. I, I saw. Because of the time difference, I was able to see some of his first round match, and then he lost in straight sets. That was the most shocking thing, straight sets in the second round. Yeah. And he did hurt his hip in the second round match, and people were, oh, he's injured. you know. But in the first round, he he lost the set. He did not look right. So he, I don't, he was just off or something. Something was going on. He's old. He's an old man. He is old. He's 57. Um, but uh, Djokovic has been in 32 30, which sounds ridiculous. 32 Grand Slam finals. That is you ridiculous. Know, yeah. yeah, he's won 21. He wins Australia yeah. and he'll tie with Nadal. But um, of everybody else left, including Pass, and there's some other players who have, have everyone else left, how many of those players do you think, how many Grand Slam finals do you think combined compared to his 32 <clears throat> they have been to? Uh, that would be cheating because I know the answer. Oh, okay. But how many? And I never would have guessed that, though. <laughs> one. one, one, and it was Sissipas when he lost to Djokovic in the French Open final in 2021. Which is incredible. It's like he has yep. a 32, two, two, 32, right? That he's mm-hmm. been to, 32 to one advantage on the field, yep. <laughs> on the remaining field, which is. And don't even get into the quarter quarters. It's like, oh yeah, it's like ridiculous. It's even yeah. more ridiculous. Yeah, it's like has he. Well, I'm sure he's missed the quarters at some point somehow, but it would be rare for him to miss the quarters. But he has that record of he, – he did he – well, quarters, he missed last year, Australian yeah. Open, because he wasn't allowed to play. Rightfully, he wasn't allowed to play. But, I mean, you know, as, if he's in the tournament. If he's – yeah, that's the thing. If he's in the tournament and a Grand Slam fight, yeah, just yeah. – you know what? Don't even play the, this guy. Just go ahead and put him in the quarters. He can rest for a week because yeah. he's going to get there. It's that, that whole – weird string of making quarterfinals that was just like unhuman really um but and Nadal too it's it's I kind of want to see Nadal maybe maybe he's his game has dissipated due to age maybe he's caught up to him really fast of course it kind of caught up to him at the end of last year a little bit but then that was after he was rolling you know so and and here and do you think it's it's dissipating? Because it is somewhat. Is it due to age or is it due to mounting injuries? I think it's one in this. I think they're one in the same. 
to me, I think that's why. He's just, you know, he's had an injury history. We both know that. Yeah. But but I think he's of the age now where it's now his age yes. is making it him it easier for him to get injured with tennis injuries like a sure. hip and some kind of leg injury. Well, as far as the injuries go, he is the Jamal Adams of tennis. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because he still has 22 Grand Slam finals. It's just yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now yeah. we're at the point where I wonder if he'll get another one strictly because of, like you said, I mean, it's a little bit slower with age. I mean, for him, like, what is it, 1% slower maybe? Right. But the injuries mount up and the aging, it takes longer to heal and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of one and the same with him, unfortunately. He'll win the French. He'll He'll win the French. <laughs> He'll win it for the next like thirty years. Sixty-three-year-old <laughs> Rafa Nadal out there against <laughs> just rolling. Novak Djokovic Jr., who just turned nineteen, and, and Nadal take, wins in straight sets. Take his rightful place. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Seahawks. So Seahawks. Speaking of old people, thirty-two-year-old Geno Smith. He is. It's a Djokovic and Nadal are both older. Well, well older than Geno Smith, but Geno Smith has. Had a good year. Uh, second half wasn't as good as the first half because of all the turnovers. Still played, you know, played well enough. The 49ers loss wasn't his fault. He did have that key huge fumble that when they could have made it maybe a three-point game, they were still going to lose. But it could have been three points difference in the third quarter. Um, and then had the fumble, and people are like, oh, you know, you got bum rushed. Yeah, but... I kind of wrote about this. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. You can tell me if, if you think I'm wrong. But the difference between someone like Peyton Manning, and I'm not comparing Geno Smith to Peyton Manning. That's ridiculous. No, I agree but, with you. I know what you're talking about. I, yeah. I, I occasionally read what you write. Yeah. Well, you're, thank you. You're the only one. Um, <laughs> hey, that article got one. That means Todd read it. Sweet. So, uh, but Peyton Manning, 12thmanrising.com is what we're talking about. 12thmanrising.com. Yes. But Peyton Manning was taught and always did hold the ball right at his shoulder. Quicker release, kind of like Marino, right? Dan Marino kind of did the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. He held the ball a little bit lower, same kind of thing. Um, and But also that cuts down on fumbles because Gino was holding the ball. He holds the ball too low a lot of times when he's getting rushed, and he fumbled yeah. the ball. Um, yep. And the interception was a bad pass, but the game was over by that, that point. I think I think what he's doing, and I he shouldn't be doing this, I agree with you, but I think he's Dan Marino. holding the ball low. Yeah, Marino, quickest release ever. Sometimes he would throw the ball before it, it was hiked to him. It was so fast. Now he's just um, throwing wine bottles to Damon Weaver. <laughs> but I think he's holding the ball low because he's picturing as he's going to scramble, it's more of a natural running motion to run. And not that he's he's not a – he scrambles well, but he's not a scrambling quarterback. But he does a good job when he decides, okay, I'm going to move. And towards the end of the season, he did a better job of running than forcing the ball, even though he didn't have a couple unfortunate picks. But to me, he did seem to do – he did make better judgments. But I think he's holding that ball lower because he's thinking run instead of – and it would take a hell of a lot of work to change that habit because the muscle memory that's drilled in, and that's where he holds the ball. And I agree. If he held the ball higher – one thing would help his release because unless you're Patrick one ankle Mahomes, you're not going to throw the ball three quarter underarm. So you got to have the ball up or jump. Pat. Yeah. 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 Let me, I, let me interrupt you for just a second. You mentioned muscle memory, which I think is a good point, but do you think Gino not playing for all those years in a row kind of that part of his game, that specific part of his game might have been, Hurt by him not playing because he wasn't, he Could didn't be. necessarily have the muscle memory to be like, oh, okay, I need to do this. Well, I mean, he had the muscle memory, but the wrong muscle memory because how often is the backup getting work? And how often is the quarterback coach working on his form? And in some cases, depending on what team he was with, not the Seahawks, but other teams, does the quarterback coach even work with their quarterbacks on that? They should be, but I don't know that they would be. In every situation, thank God he never played for Denver because he would have been out of the league. Um, yeah, I mean that's—I totally agree. That's something that I think would help his game because, for one thing, 
slightly quicker release is always a good thing. And if you don't have to bring the ball up from your hip, if it's already at your shoulder, right. you're saving time. Thank you, Peyton, for the lesson. And Dan Marino, too. And plus, like you said, it's going to be easier to project the ball if you have it up near your chest instead of down, hanging down. So can it be, get knocked loose? Of course it can still get knocked loose if you have it up. I mean, he's had the ball knocked loose when he's got it up. So he needs to work as an, on his awareness of that. Because like you said, is, how many turnovers did he have in the second half of the season? Not well, it was that 11, a, 11 and 8 games, I think, right? Yeah, not that there's a second half of the season anymore, thanks NFL, but kind of the half of the season. It's kind of that. Post yeah. post bye week, which is actually even a little bit worse. But right. well, it was eight games, eleven turnovers, eight were interceptions. Yeah. Which means that's seventeen interceptions a year, which is a lot. And then yeah. three fumbles, which is I can't do math in my head that well, but let's say it's what fifth five eighths or no no three eighths of seventeen. So it's like what seven fumbles. That's a lot of turnovers. That's a lot of that's a lot of turnovers. That would be too many turnovers, and and, and not that he didn't make up for it in other aspects of his game, even in that stretch, because he's still throwing at a good completion percentage, not the seventy percent that he was rolling at, or over seventy percent, obviously, because he finished up with like sixty nine seven, still led the league. But yeah, he was not as efficient or as quite as effective in the second mostly half as he was in the first, but he's still starting quarterback caliber. So he knows he's got things to work on. You know, he's going to work on it because he is uh, every statement he's made and every reaction you ever get from the coaching staff and his teammates, you know, this guy's going to work on his game. He's not just going to sit there and think, I just signed a new $30 million contract. I don't have to do anything. That was my next point. Like how much? Yeah. Okay, so so Gino comes back. Thirty million dollars is thirty million dollars makes sense to pay him. Generally speaking, I don't think the Seahawks should pay him thirty million dollars a year. And and the reason is not because I don't think Gino is a good quarterback. He he showed this year. He he won important games at the end of the year when the running game got better, when the defense got better. Because that wasn't all his fault, what happened in the second half of the season. He was turning the ball over too much, but he was also having to kind of force some throws because the defense wasn't there and the running game wasn't there. And then, you know, the Rams game that they, they won at the end, I mean, he made, you know, he made some mistakes. Uh, a lesser quarterback would have lost that game. They wouldn't have won the game. I agree. Um, but I don't know if paying any quarterback, even if Russell Wilson was still there, Thirty million dollars a year in the certain in the current situation that they have, which is all that draft capital, yeah, and uh, cap space. Because if they pay Gino, their eighth, according to what you look at, but Spot Track has um, their eighth most in cap space. But if you pay Gino thirty million dollars a year, that eats almost all of that cap space away. And you do still have to pay draft picks. You still have to improve certain players. And they can get, they can release like Shelby Harris wasn't bad, but he also his contract's kind of been outweighed, and they could save some money if they cut him. Same thing with uh, Gabe Jackson. So they'll create some space, but they definitely create a lot of space. Sure, they will. How much would you pay Gino? Would you pay him thirty? I mean, because that's that's the going. He's worthy of that based on yeah. what other quarterbacks are getting paid. And I, and I, and I don't want to cheat Gino. Gino was he's yeah. a locker room guy. He's a He's a good guy to have on the team. He's a good quarterback. So I'm not – I guess yeah. I'm afraid of saying something. Be, oh, he's not worth the money. He, he is worth $30 million a year compared to what other quarterbacks are making. But at the same time, should the Seahawks pay him? Seahawks. I don't know why I went to New York again. <laughs> Seahawks pay him $30 I think, million. I think they should for well, basically the reasons you said they should. For one thing, he's, he's worth it on the market. I mean if they franchise him which would be one thing they could do, right? Friend, give them the franchise tag. It would be like, what, $31 million, something? I was going to say a little bit, even more than 30 yeah. So, but the thing is, is like, then they can go and restructure the contract, which I'm sure they would do, which I think Gino would be amenable to be doing. Gino what if, what if Gino did this, to just to dinner up? What if Gino was like, you know what? You paid me $7 million this year. I'll, I'll take $7 million. <laughs> I'm joking. Cause that would... <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't fly. That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Um like I tell you what, why don't we 
Why don't we cut a Bob Kraft deal? I'll take this on the table and under the table. You give exactly. me car franchises. And, um, I, I comes with the stipulation you keep Drew on the team. So, <laughs> we're good friends now. <laughs> Which, oddly enough, they are. Um <clears throat> Which is, and that's the other reason you keep Geno Smith. Uh, he is much more important to this team than just what he does on the field. And you could say, yeah, well, so was Bobby Wagner. Yes, yeah, so was Bobby Wagner. But Bobby Wagner is at the tail of his of his career. Geno's not. I mean, he's not. He's closer to the end than the beginning. True, but again, he ain't got a lot of miles on him. Those are pretty. I mean, those tires are old. But there's not much mileage on him. So he should be fine physically because just like we're talking with Rafi, you know, right? It's like, yeah, there's age there, but there's not a lot of wear and tear on that body. So I would pic- picture him as more like he's 29 than 32. Yeah. It's like if Pass can doing the Rafa thing. It's almost like because <laughs> Gino, who is who is Rafa? It's, it's like I don't like the guy, but Aaron Rodgers, right? That yeah. kind of thing. And C.C. Poss is more of a Geno Smith type. But if C.C. Poss was like, because he's still a young guy, but he was like, yeah. you know, I'm taking eight years off and I'll come back. Then C.C. Poss, by the time he comes back on the court, it's going to be a lot younger and he's already good. So it's that, it's that kind of thing. And I yeah. think that's an excellent point. He hasn't taken all the punishment that he Russell Wilson all has. The punishment. Plus, he doesn't deal out the punishment, if you want to put it that way, that Russell Wilson did. And... I'm talking about the locker room atmosphere and not that he dealt out punishment, but Russ was not a universally beloved person in this Yawks locker room. I'm not saying he didn't have any fans. There wasn't like a lot of constant strife or anything like that. Nothing like that. But this is Gino's team mm-hmm. much more than it was. It was never Russ's team. Never Russ's locker room. Let's put it that way. Right. Russ mm-hmm. obviously had his fans, but uh, even some of his receivers weren't, major fans of, of Russ, as we know. So you can't, to me, you know, if Gino says, okay, you got to pay me 38, then it's going to be, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And John Schneider's already said there's a drop dead. Yeah. Um, quote unquote, drop dead number, which 38 would be too much. Yeah, exactly. But there's no reason to think that Gino's going to ask for that because he's been very public of course, what you say in the public and what you say in private could be two different things, but I don't think that's the case with Geno Smith. I think what he feels to his core is what he says. He says he wants to stay in Seattle. He is so grateful for the opportunity they gave him. <clears throat> I don't think – I mean he's not going to play for seven because he'd be an idiot, and he's right. not. And he's not an idiot. Right. And, the, and the NFLPA wouldn't let him do that because they shouldn't either. But, you know – if they offer him 30, which I think is a, I mean, that's fair. That's the fair amount, right? He might take even less than that. It, it depends on, you know, and again, of course, it depends on how the contract is structured. But I'm, whatever it comes to, I'm sure they'll sign him. Both sides will be happy. And I think then he'll go and restructure it to give them more cap space. Because I totally picture he would do that. Because this is a team guy. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And unlike Russell Wilson, who constantly wanted better players around him, especially on the line protecting him. And more money at when, the same time. Yeah. When did Russ ever say, okay, let's do this so I, so you can afford to get – he never did. And I'm not saying that makes him a bad guy, but you can't have everything you want. You've got mm-hmm. to surrender something. There's a reason Tom Brady won a lot of Super Bowls in New England. Right. Exactly. For that same. Hey, like pay me a little bit less. I'm still right. making more than most humans. <coughs> yeah. Exactly. And it open leaves us room for a few other players because we don't draft well. And so we've got anyone, to sign some free agents. Yeah. And if anyone is aware, not Seattle. <laughs> if anyone is aware of the fact that he makes more than most humans and that he's had a blessed career more than most humans, even though he's been a backup, like you said, it's like who wouldn't trade places with me being a backup in the NFL. I'm like, right. that's a dream job for so many people. It's like, you know, how can you be disappointed in that? This is not the guy who's going to say, if, you know, if I don't see 35 on the bottom line, I'm not signing. It's like, as long as they give him a reasonable offer, he's signing. To me, it comes down to how many years they're going to they're gonna give him. Yeah, I would give him, I would offer him $25 million, which 
it's still a huge raise and a lot more money than he's ever made. But the the thing too, with for how many G- years? I would you? I would do it for two, um, and I would draft a quarterback either this year or next year because next year's class is loaded. I mean this this year's quarterback class is good, right. but next year is just ridiculous. I'm waiting till next year for a quarterback too because. But they're not going to have a high draft. That's the only thing is that they're not going to have a number five draft pick. They're going to yeah. If they're just as good this year, they're going to have late teens, and by that time you've assuming Caleb Williams comes out, assuming Drake may my guy from Carolina, who's going to be a beast and the fail comes out by the way, Drake may runs a faster 40 than Caleb Williams. Just saying, and assuming that St. <laughs> Deion Sanders son, um, right. Shador, I think is his name. Who's yeah. really good comes out. Assuming all those guys come out, which why would you not? Cause that's, sure. that's why you, that's why you play the game to make money. Right. So right. it's, they come out, but th- that's just the guys who are coming out early. I, this next year is just loaded, but that that's my concern. And is that, next year is loaded, and uh, you don't have to take the number one quarterback. Does it, it? It helps. Obviously, it helps. Typically, the number one quarterback is a great quarterback, but we've seen almost as many that aren't even mediocre. I was like, and it you're, takes them a while. And, and we we thought that about Lawrence, right? Or middle of this year, we were like, man, that guy yeah. against the Broncos, that, that guy sucks. Yeah. And now you look at him, and it's like, in the he he didn't have a good first round of wild card game no. necessarily. He had four interceptions in the first half, but <laughs> what did awful. he do? He came back and had four touchdowns. Right. And he wasn't even bad yesterday. I mean, the guy's no. a player. Yeah. And then you look at Steve going way back. He goes Steve Young, who right. didn't even play in Tampa, and then he of course. You know, he comes back and he's he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. That's why it's like if it were me, I might take if Anthony Richardson is available there at nineteen, I might take him and let him learn under Gino for a couple of years. Nineteen, maybe. I would actually wait till the second round and take somebody. If he takes if he takes well, you're gonna take a quarterback this year for sure, but if you're looking for a high draft capital investment, I would wait till that second round for it because there's so many good quarterbacks. I just uh, and I would be extremely disappointed if they took a quarterback at number five. I would be very disappointed if they did anything but defensive player. Yeah, exactly. Because they have major issues to address. Quarterback is not one of them. They've got their quarterback in the house. They would be insane to pick. I, I don't care if the guy if they know the guy is Peyton Manning and Dan Marino's clone. And they're like, ah, here he is. It's like, okay, but we don't need him. You know, right. it's like there's going to be another guy just as good later in the draft or next year. Because right now, we need some major freaking help in major areas. And quarterback is not one of those. So it would make no sense for them to, to use. I mean, that would be a waste of the fifth pick. It, and I am, I think, unlike last year, I imagine, I mean, they did draft him once but i wouldn't be surprised to see them move down from number five this year because there are so many teams that want a quarterback i don't see them going down low maybe dropping to like 10th or 11th and then picking up another draft pick because if will anderson's there at number five yeah yeah then or jalen carter's there at number five right it just depends on who's available exactly and one of them could very well be available and if they are they need to stay and they need to pick that. But if they're both gone, move down. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I mean, right, because there should be enough talent at, depending yeah. on who you trade down to. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, they John need, Schneider could be like, yeah, we'll, we'll trade you number five and 19 for number all your fourth round picks. <laughs> because we need linebackers. We need interior defensive line. Another edge rusher would be great because we still don't know what's going on with Daryl Taylor. So, you know, another outside corner. Yep. Another corner. So they, they need to, and you know, interior offensive line might be nice. I mean, if they could pick up a guard or center, that's as good. That pans out as well as both their tackles. Man. And you can find those guys in later rounds too. Like you don't yes, need to draft can. a center guard in the first round. Yes, you can. So, yeah, to me, it's like they got to give Geno two years. I'd be happy if they gave him three, depending, again, on the money that they're talking about. Um, 
two with an option for a three because pff, the NFL contracts are kind of meaningless anyway. Just depends on what the guaranteed money is, of course, right? Right. But uh, and, and I can see that he'd be happy with maybe a lower guarantee and more incentives because those incentives worked out for him this season. <laughs> he maxed at seven, right? Yeah. That was the thing. Exactly. So uh, as far as Gino goes, I mean, the team needs this guy. They need his leadership. They need his optimism. And he's pretty good on the field, too. I mean, they got to keep this guy. And besides, it's like, okay, if you let him walk, who are you putting in his place? That's the other side of it. That's the flip side of it, right? It's like, it's like okay, this is your answer. What's really your answer? What's your solution? The Drew Locke. Because like, uh, I've, I've seen people. No, oh, I disagree with that. But I've seen people <laughs> post about that on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media, like, oh, you know, just let. Then we can put Drew in for a year, and it's like, okay, you've wasted another year. Right. What, what difference and, does it make? And maybe, maybe he would pan out. I mean, preseason, I thought he would pan out. I thought he was going to get the nod ahead of Gino. Shows why I'm a head coach in the NFL. Um, <laughs> and maybe he would pan. Maybe he would pan out. But, you know, you, you can't put the team's future – can't bank it on that. And yeah, I know they did that with Gino. But, again, Gino beat out Drew Locke. So they knew or they had every reason to believe that Gino would perform better than Drew. So why would you then this season say, yeah, we'll take the guy who wasn't as good? That makes right. zero sense. So you've got you've to bring in a quarterback. Well, who are you going to bring in? You're not going to bring in a rookie. You know, even if even if it is your number five pick, and it's like, ah, oh, you get this this godlike quarterback from the, from college. How many of those guys pan out in their first year? Right. Oh, and you're going to lose a bunch of games, even if they do turn out to to be good in the yeah. How many? Long how run. many? How do, what was Peyton Manning's record in this in his rookie season? Troy Aikman. They they were both awful in their first season. They showed enough to know where you knew they were going to be good, but those teams lost a crap ton of games. Yeah. Yeah. And Aikman's still weird. Cause it's, yeah, I don't think he was a bad quarterback, but the team was so well built around him, yeah, exactly. which is kind of what you want with the Seahawks. Right. And, yeah. and the only thing that would concern me about drew Locke is that, okay. If, if you really thought he was the future, yeah. why not just go ahead and play him? Exactly. Because I mean, Gino is exactly you have faith in Gino, but go ahead and play drew. I and don't that's, think and that's, that's the thing. I don't think that's, he's the answer. I mean, I wish he was. That would be cool for him. That's Allen Iverson. (laughs) That's true. Allen Iverson would be an incredible quarterback. Allen Iverson is the basketball equivalent to Lamar Jackson, which actually, speaking of Lamar Jackson (laughs) um, and Derek Carr, you know, Derek Carr to me is like if you don't – if he's going to come in, he's he's not going to get paid next year. He's going to get – well, he's going to get paid $5 million because that's the only thing the Raiders guaranteed for him. Yeah. Uh, heading heading into the future, but he's the same age as Gino. He has a lot more experience than Gino. I don't know if he's any better quarterback than Gino, to be honest. He may be not. a little bit better, but he's still a like Gino. He's a good quarterback, but yeah. he might be willing to come in and be like, okay, you know what? You pay me one year at twenty million, and I'll reprove myself. I mean, that might be if, if. it comes in cheaper than. And G- that's the only that's the only way I would ever do something like that because that's you know it's like who are you going to bring in Garoppolo, Carr? It's like. Yeah, but <laughs> if you brought in Carr at twenty million, and I don't know if there's that many teams that are going to offer him that much money because they, the way he, his yeah. his arc is different. Like he's had a he's had a bunch of hits. He's had you know a team let him. Okay, we we don't think we can win with this guy. Again, right. this is Joshy Boy McDaniels, who has no clues to what he's doing. So it could be that teams view it differently. He's sure. like, oh, yeah, we'll play this other guy. Oh, yeah, we'll get decimated in the final game um, because I don't know what I'm doing. He really should have stuck with Carr because talking about losing a locker room, Lou. Yeah. But but if Carr comes in at $20 million, he's just as good you know, as I'm- Gino. And he's got DK. He's got Tyler. And then you make him a one-year – and then you – draft a quarter that's the only thing i can see i'm not saying do that i'm saying yeah that's why i would see a signing car if he were able to come in at that low amount i don't see enough i don't think i would do that um even at 20 because to me it's like i would invest the extra 10 and that's yeah that's a 
chunk. Yeah, but of you, you money. keep saying you still want him to trade for Patrick Mahomes for some reason. I mean, <laughs> Mahomes is washed up. Yes, that ankle, man. That ankle is as, is as strong as his brain. He'll I never can. get over that. They'll never win. That guy has no. By the way, Chad Henney. Chad, <laughs> Chad Henney, if you if <clears throat> if he ends up being the quarterback, if if Mahomes is like his yeah. leg swells up and Henney's the quarterback yeah. against the Bengals or Bills. If you were the Bengals or Bills, why would you not ask the NFL if you could go ahead and just play the game with Appalachian State uniforms on? I mean, it just makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? When he came in the game, I thought, oh, I, I didn't think it. I literally said it. It was like the Dolphins legend, Chad Henney. Um, yeah, I was shocked that he actually led them on a touchdown drive. So good for Chad. Uh, that's He's probably only the played one. for the last 150 years. You should know. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the that's the one drive he has in him, I think. He's like, so, have you studied any tape to get ready for this as a backup? Study tape. That's what's all. Tape? I, that's all I fucking do. Is study <laughs> tape for the last hundred years. He is the anti Kyler Murray. General um, Grant told me I need to study tape, and that's what I've done. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Hopefully, Mr. Mahomes is uh, will be fine by game time. Although just, it's like I'm watching the game, he's kind of hopping, hopping up and down, trying to stay warm for minutes, and then he finally goes into the locker room. Is like and he ran into the locker room. Which don't was, you think he should? Don't you think he should have gone to the locker room the moment you came out of the game? Plus that that and sorry to interrupt you, but that and whoever the coach is for the for the coaching staff, not Andy Reid, but coaching staff for the Chiefs. Yes. As, soon as, you see, as soon as you see him start to run, be like, stop, yes. stop exactly. running. The reason you're going to the locker room is to make sure you're not even more injured. Stop. Exactly. I know I know you're I have nothing against Patrick Mahomes. He is a fantastic player. Seems like a yeah. fantastic kid. Right. But at some point it's like, OK. And he's mad on the sidelines that he's not playing. Great. He should be mad. That's that's what you want. But right. when you run to the locker room, you're like, okay, now is the one point you need to be like, just chill, dude. Just chill for a minute. It's I, I, I was watching this, and the same thing was going through my head as last year when Russ came back far too early. I was like, that was a bad decision by Russ, but it's a worse decision by Pete. And the rest of the coaching staff is like, who's running this team? I don't care how wonderful the guy thinks he is. He's not ready to come back. And it's the same thing with that. It's like, dude, you see how the guy is moving. It's like, get his butt in the locker room. Yeah. He walks there immediately. You don't waste six or seven minutes. You know, it's like. Yeah, as soon as you see him try to hand the ball off and you're like, "Eh, okay, I'm taking this guy out right now. Right. Unbelievable. So hopefully he didn't injure and it didn't look like he injured it worse, but kind of hard to tell as he's, you know, wrapped up like Boris Karloff in the mummy. And I'm sure the funny thing was of- that he actually the Giants got confused and thought that Patrick Mahomes <laughs> played for the Eagles. Even Patrick Mahomes scored against the Giants. That, that game was rather it was shocking. close it was shocking at, to at opening kickoff. Yeah, I really like, this is zero Giants zero. This is anybody's game would give them a tougher time. Uh, and I did also think that, well, as long as Hertz is effective, as long as he plays like he can and the shoulder's not bothering him, then the Eagles win easily. But I didn't think it would be like that. That was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, so. I don't know. At the end when they like, it was such a domination Yeah. that by the fourth quarter when they got the ball and held it for what, I think three quarters long of one quarter, it felt <laughs> like that. It was almost like the Eagles were – they could have just 
sit across the line to the Giants, you know, we don't have to give the ball back. (laughs) That's true. There is no rule, and that's pretty much what they did. Yeah, it was just, gosh, what a blowout. I mean, I think I had the, well, actually, so uh, 12thmenrising.com, we had uh, playoff standing, and there's a group of of iPhone people who are are chatting quite a bit, which I, I find fascist. It's like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> to include everybody, because Todd writes a bunch on this site, you know. But um, but they'll chat and they'll be like, so I I, I asked that group, hey, send me your scores for the upcoming week, and I'll send you and Carly, like, hey, just send me and Michael Thompson. I'll be like, send me your send me your score predictions, you know, just score predictions only, because I don't want fan side to be like, well, how come they blah blah blah? Because they're just yeah. sending me the scores. But um, early in the week, somebody was like, okay, give me. Later in the week, I'm like, I got to get this article. It's me that's writing the article and formatting it and takes forever. And, yeah. can, you know, I got to get it up by Friday morning because otherwise I told him, I was like, if this goes live Saturday morning, the few people that care about the one article on Friday aren't going to care at all. It's not gonna, Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to yeah. view it. I was like, so get it to me by Saturday, Thursday evening. And they were like, the person was like, yeah, because I would just want to see what the line score is. I don't No offense to this person. And I'm not going to name names, but yeah. it's like, who do you think is going to win? We're, was, we, I'm not asking for line scores. I'm not asking for spread. It was Patrick Mahomes. Wasn't yeah. it? I'm it like, just Patrick. tell me who you think will win the game. I, I feel like we've kind of lost. I know, you know, sports writing all started with like betting lines. That's really why it got started. Right. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, I think we've lost touch with like, I just want to know who you think is going to win. Right. Phillies or Royals. Who's going to win that World Series? I bet a dollar. I lost. 1980. I didn't. It was not a spread. Well, the, the fallacy of I want to see what the line is. The line has nothing to do. The line exactly. Is the it was going to win. It's the, all they're trying to do is measure the 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 center line of the betting. To build up the money that's being bet on the game. That's all they're trying to do. Yep. It's not a prediction of who's going to win. It's it's an estimation of what who the public thinks is going to win. Yep. Half the people think it's the Eagles. Half the people think it's the Giants. I was like, okay. Hmm. And, and the line is set to try to get a certain right. amount of money. But yeah, exactly. And if but, two-thirds of the people think it's the Eagles, well, then I got to move the line. So oh, the line's going to be six points. It's like that doesn't mean it's a prediction that the Eagles win. That's that's a that's an estimation of what the public thinks. Yep. It's like, and the public makes some really stupid decisions. So why would yep. you worry about that? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> um. So coming into the coming into the divisional round, we had. Two people that had one loss or fewer. We had four people that had two losses or fewer. And then we had three people with three losses or, or three losses, um, which which basically, uh, for all intents and purposes, means everybody still has a chance. So what we had going into the Jag, Jaguars, Jaguars. And, and I was for Jacksonville, nothing against. But I went to high school with a guy who happens to be the D.C. of Jacksonville. Yep, yep. So. Um, and as you know, Nikki, his sister, yeah. Nikki Fargus, who's now in WNBA, great family. Um, but anyway, I, I, the only person that had the Jaguars winning, oh, I won't, I won't say the name because it's somebody on this show, but, um, anyway, <laughs> but then as far as the Eagles giants, we had, it was funny cause we had one person and it wasn't either of us who had the giants winning and everybody else had the Eagles. Um, and today, it's pretty split between the Bengals and Bills. I have the Bengals. You ha- you have the Bengals as well. Um, and then with the 49ers-Cowboys, everybody except one person chose uh, the 49ers. So to me, it's like the fun part. And we do have the score predictions in the, at 12thmanrising.com because that's kind of – otherwise, it's just boring. 49ers over Cowboys. Okay, what's yeah. the score? But to me, the, the fun part – Doing away with the betting and the line is just like mano e mano, hand to hand. Yeah. Who who do you think is going to win? That's all I care. Who do you think will win this game? Right. And and that's that's why we write the articles and it, it's fun because we we do the standings. And you know what the standings mean? Crap. Do I know more than Todd? Does do I know more than anybody who's probably never watched an NFL game? Not really. Well, you know more than Patrick Mahomes because he's an idiot. Well. We all know that. If I were Patrick Mahomes after signing his contract, I would have first game of the season, first play of the season, 
pretended I was hurt and never played another down. <laughs> oh. Because I'm weak and I'm okay with being weak. Uh, so in other words, you're Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and Jimmy keeps coming back. I would never. I'd be like, nah, I'm done. I'm on the couch, I'm hanging out with Randy Moss. Well, I'm pretty sure he is done at this point because Shannon Sharp and John ja Morant's uh, John ja Morant's uh, father are sitting on it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if you saw all that. Shannon yeah, yeah. Sharp and John ja Morant. What is going on? Yeah. Who knows? Like, who does this guy think he is? Lorenzo Balls? <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, Speaking of Lorenzo Ball. Uh, were we? Yeah. Everything, <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. So, because he seems to be that way, right? He's got kids playing. Anyway. He, he does seem to be that way, yes. So, I watched I watched it this week. Oh, we um, finally watched it. Um, finally. After yeah, Michelle Yeoh personally sat down with you and said, you have to watch this film. This is my finest achievement. Why haven't you watched this yet? I, I would, I would have. It's funny because I saw two of her films this week. I saw that one and I saw the School of Good and Evil or something like that. Oh, okay. I thought uh, you, did you say, have you seen that? I've not seen that. I thought you were going to say Supercop. It's like that'd be a odd choice. Super Cops. Actually, um, be a really good choice. It's an awesome is Jackie movie. Chan in Supercop? I don't know that. Is he in Supercop? He's he's in all the Supercop films. But uh, yeah, that was one of her bigger breakthroughs was the super gotcha. like anyway um but uh so and i haven't seen that actually but i did see every everything everywhere all at once and i was gonna make a joke and we talked pre-pro and it's I, about I how the i thought it was an aikido type film about how not to pay your taxes <laughs> but that film and, and i think the oscar nominations come out this week is that right I uh i think so next week i thought i've seen that i've seen um the the film with uh, Brendan Gleeson and, and uh, Colin uh, Farrell, of course, which was phenomenal. I don't the know cheese. Yeah. I, 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 I have not yet watched it, but I, it's that's on my list. Yeah. Phenomenal. Completely opposite film from everything, everywhere, all at once. But um, so I've seen actually more films. That so it's one thing in one place. Is that what it is? It's one thing in one place. It's it's kind of funny you say that because it, it's <laughs> it's like a domestic movie because it takes place on yeah, one yeah. island. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, the the movie the movie is f- everything. Well, both films, but everything, everywhere, all at once is just. I can't fathom the talent that it took to just even edit that film. Yeah, it was it was one of the best films, and I've seen uh, the Banshees is phenomenal in a different way. But it was one of the best films of that type I have seen in a long time. It was, it was so. There's so much happening, but never yeah. loses its yeah. almost simple narrative. Right. And I don't want to give that away. Um, other than I got really hungry for bagels at the end. But um, but it was just <laughs> phenomenal. Um, yeah, that's my favorite well movie. Done. My favorite movie last year, by by far. Um, for every, all the reasons you said, but also because. It's so different. It's so different from what's out there. I mean, most Marvel films, I love most Marvel films. It's like, but they're still following a formula, and I love the way they apply. You know, they have a subgenre within the the superhero films. Like, oh, this this is a espionage film. This is a road buddy film. This is a crime caper film. It's like all within that universe. That's that's very cool. I love the way they do that. But this film is so far out there and so like you said masterfully shot edited written performed Uh, and there's so much behind the scenes that if the movie was just eh, it's okay but i love it because but i love it because of michelle yo's finally getting her due in hollywood you know and uh, it's just the backstory is, is brilliant, but the movie is just so different from anything else. And I love the fact but, that – And it I, still gives, we can do still gives homage to The Matrix and Indiana yeah. Jones, not because, of the, not because yeah. of the character, but because of something else in the film. But it, and it still gives that kind of – yeah. there's so many different reasons to like the film. I mean there's so much – I mean there's so much going on, but at the same time, again, it's 
Yeah, it never a, is like I'm lost. Right. It's a comedy. It's a f- deep, serious family drama. It's a romance, and those are all really strong themes. It's not just oh, let's tack this on. Yeah. It's like you pick up pointers on how to wash your clothes. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant film, and uh, and led to a. a I hate to use it, led to a meme, but at the Golden Globes, Michelle Yeoh wins, and Jamie Lee Curtis, a one of her co-stars in the film, and as like a lot of the blurbs will say in social media, is like you thought Jamie Lee Curtis won because she is going bonkers, <laughs> which is awesome, absolutely awesome that that a co-star would be that supportive, and just genuinely thrilled. Right. It's just yeah, this, well, and, and a beautiful. Yeah, moment. that's that's one thing. And you're talking, you said the Golden Globes, right? Is what you yeah. said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was in moving on to a different show altogether. Uh, but Michael, have you seen White Lotus? I've not watched White Lotus yet. No, not yet. Okay. You have HBO though, right? I do. Uh, it is on HBO Max. Stop, watch it. stop this podcast right now and just start watching. Stop it. It's, I'm only gonna watch it for Abby Plaza though, to be honest. That's she's really phenomenal in it. I mean, uh, the 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 performances that that Mike White gets. I mean, those a bunch of talented actors, but ones you probably haven't, some people haven't seen before. Um, but they're both both seasons are set in different places, but phenomenal. But um, his reaction when someone is up there winning an award, and I mean, that's that's the thing I like about awards show. It's like, yeah, I mean, they're you know, I don't really care about the awards so much. It's like it's somebody's opinion, but the, how they're affecting yeah. other people, and you can just a human emotion that's being exactly. Which I, I I don't know again I don't know if you I, if you watch the Golden Globes if you watch the Mike White thing where it's just like you know it's just it's just phenomenal um but but yeah I, I did yeah we're not gonna get in the Golden Globes it's a whole different thing but but I'll be interested to see what um what the Oscar nominations end up being I'll be interested to see if Maverick actually gets nominated for best actor or best uh, best film sorry because um, I think it should I think it should especially since they've gone to up to ten. Especially yeah, since up they've to gone 10. up to 10. Yeah. It could be 3. I'm waiting for that year. Like, I don't <laughs> go up to th- 10, but most of these films just sucked. We got 3. <laughs> that would be great. One of them, one of them I'm sure would be a Tyler Perry film. <laughs> That's right. We got, we got Paddington 3. Um, we got, because uh, 2 was phenomenal. I don't know if you've, I think we've talked yeah, about yeah. that, but I don't know if you've seen yeah. 2. But, um, it is phenomenal. We Plus, got this film with the same letter three times in a row. Um, yes, which actually should be nominated as one of the best pictures. RRR. Yeah. Great, actually, is a great movie. Um, yeah, and one thing I'm really going to be interested about is at the Golden Globes because they wisely split films into two categories: drama and then comedies slash musicals. Which I have no idea why they ever did that, but but so you had the young Mr. Austin who played Elvis, who's phenomenal. He won for the comedy musical category. And then, of course, you did not have. Uh, <coughs> what? I'm trying to think what he just won. He's won several awards. Dan Marino. Yeah, he has. Well, everybody knows how great he was in the uh, Ace Ventura film. That's true. Have you seen the speaking of the whale? Have yeah, you seen, I've seen Ace Ventura. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> have you seen the whale? I, I have not. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. It's an it's an excellent movie, but his performance is uh, astoundingly good. And so several things. He's won Best Actor for Drama, and I'm like I'd be really interested. I think he's in that '90s show to too. See, that's a joke. Jesus, that that hurts me that you actually mentioned that title of that thing. That popped up. That's it's actually not bad. In, in in one of my, I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I've seen the first two two shows. It's not. It's not bad. I mean, they don't. They don't try to overthink it. It's. It's not bad. And I was like, ah, some here's something that you might like, and it's like, I I I just I don't despise this that seventy show, but I don't like that seventy show. I I've never watched it. So why? I've never watched it. I've seen yeah, enough, the, that so, eighty show too. Like, <sighs> I don't know if you know that Glenn Howerton was on it long time ago before. He was ever involved with It's Always Sunny, but he was one of the main characters on that 80s show, which I've never seen. I that, did see that 70s show, which was... That hurts my soul. 
<laughs> that well, I, I didn't watch it until I was with my current partner, I guess. But um, and I I probably wouldn't have. It was well, it was okay. Me. It was it was okay. Yeah, um, to me it's just, it's it, like okay. I, it's not that I dislike it, but it's like it, it's meaningless to me. So it's like, why would I like that '90s show? Anyway, uh, yeah, back to Brendan Fraser. It'd be interesting to see who wins between those two guys because they don't split the categories in with the Oscars. So because they're such different performances and they're both phenomenally good. Uh, and I, have, I do like the way they split the categories in Golden Globes. Like you even had yeah, like that best actor in a musical that was a period piece between 1970 and 1975. And it was like, oh, is it that specific, you know? That is true. That totally makes sense. I would think they really should do that. That'd be awesome. Then you have like 9,000 awards. And basically, if you didn't get an award, you didn't make a film. That's right. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of awards, which is just, uh, I don't know if they won awards, but it's probably my favorite besides this one on 12menrising.com podcast, Smartless. <laughs> um, your boy Bono is a guest on this most recent one. He is. He is my boy. Um, don't know if you saw that. Um, I see that. Will Ar- I guess we, he and Will Arnett are long. Everybody that they've ever had on the show seemed to be like actually friends at some point. So I guess Bono knew the whole band, or Will Arnett knew the whole band at some point. But two episodes before that, well, the episode before that is this little known guy named Steven Spielberg. And two episodes before that, I'm not making that up, is a guy named John Krasinski. <laughs> And um, yeah, Krasinski and they should have had the three of them on like a round table. That would be really interesting. <laughs> well, it's it's um, Krasinski and Arnett. I think Krasinski, Arnett, and I know Krasinski and Bateman and Ar- Arnett have been friends for years and years and years. Just because they talk about it on the show. Justine Bateman, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Oh, maybe. maybe. Um, but um, actually, Justin Bateman's father-in-law is Paul Inca. But um. That's not a joke either, but uh, but I guess Will Arnett and that explains Krasinski, so much. <laughs> Krasinski used to go to like movies like all the time, um, and they they were huge Born Identity fans, huge Mission Impossible fans, and they would just always like go to those films. Like, oh, we're going first day, we're going. So um, there was the one uh, Mission Impossible film where. Um, that uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but her eye explodes. Oh, uh, you've seen that. You've seen yeah, Mission yeah. Impossible films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Krasinski said, yeah, uh, Arnett and I were just, we saw that and we just started dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like we couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. And so like now when Arnett texts me and he his, it, the, his, he shows up as that photo from the film, the eye exploding. <laughs> so, um, so, I can't remember, but they, when Krasinski was on The Office, um, Arnett was on it. For some reason, Tom Cruise, the, oh, J.J. Abrams was, was directing one of The Office episodes. And, of course, he did one of the Mission Impossible films. But they were doing this thing with Tom Cruise. Or Tom Cruise was there. It was like a fundraiser or whatever. And J.J. Abrams told, asked Krasinski, he's like, hey, you want to meet Tom Cruise? He was like, I don't want to meet Tom Cruise. Of course I do. So he said Tom Cruise was walking down. Oh, I forgot to mention one of the things um, they were curious about is like the brown dot that they put on the arm is like a poison dart in one of the Mission Impossible films. And at first they were like, what is that? So they always thought that was funny. So Krasinski was like, they, they had this fundraiser. Tom Cruise is coming down the stairs. He's got like four bodyguards around him. And Krasinski is like, I, I really don't know how to even approach this guy. But he's like, he got the idea. It was like, I'm going to get a brown dot and put it on Tom Cruise's arm. <laughs> and so he goes up to, he, he approaches Tom Cruise and he's like, these bodyguards approach, like they're going to kill me. And, but I'm able to reach Tom and put a brown dot on Tom's arm. And the, you know, bodyguards had no idea. But he's, Tom was even like, at first when he started approaching him, he was like, what is this guy doing? But he said, he put the brown dot on Tom Cruise's arm and Tom looks down and Tom just starts dying laughing and says, this guy's okay. And I was like, oh, that's really so, cool. so Krasinski really is Jim Halpert, in other words. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a lot of ways. It seems like. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. I, feel, I 
feel sad for Emily Blunt. <laughs> well, he, I don't know. This is way off Seahawks stuff. If you're still listening, thank you. But they were talking about like when he actually. Uh, actually, it isn't because Dwight Schrute is one of the biggest Seahawks fans, and Rain Wilson. <laughs> That's true, Rain Wilson. Yeah. Rain Wilson is, doesn't exist. He's actually Dwight Schrute. So. Yeah, actually. You, you see some of his social media posts. I think in some ways he is Dwight Schrute too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he, he seems to be that way, yeah. Um, but Krasinski and Wilson used to imagine this, if you're living in Los Angeles while this show's being filmed. They used to, they're friends, and they used to go to lunch together all the time. Could you imagine going to a restaurant? It's like, hey, that's Jim and Dwight. But they're just... But um, when Krasinski... Krasinski, A Quiet Place was Krasinski's second movie. He had directed one before. Yeah, The Hollis. Yep. And... Um, <laughs> and... Uh, he wasn't sure he was going to direct it, and he was just wanting to do it. And Rain Wilson was a guy who was like, "Why don't you try to just direct it yourself?" So he ended up directing it. And that's, yeah. but anyway. So, uh, but yeah, it was just it's Good just choice. when when he was reading when when Krasinski was reading trying to audition for Jim, the character on The Office, um, he he read with this other actress who ended up being Pam. And he was like, oh, Pam, she's going to get it. She's going to get it. He said they got the call uh, that, hey, actually, originally he was supposed to read for Dwight. And he was like, I'm not doing right. Dwight. Like, he literally said, I'm not doing But he said he got the call that he's like, he's Jim. And Krasinski was like, the only thing he cared about, he was happy about that. But he was like, who's Pam? And they said, oh, it's this actress. That, he was like, he said he was just so happy. And that's, that's the thing I like about yeah. that whole show. This is a, this whole Twelfth Men Rising podcast is a ad for Smartless. Is that they all seem <laughs> rather down down to earth, and it could be that Arnett's Canadian, and that helps. And I don't mean that. I actually mean that, you know. It does help. But um, but that they all seem happy, genuinely decent people who are happy for other people's success. Right. Which is the opposite of what we do here at at the Twelfth yeah, Men Rising podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's that's why we excoriate uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes has reached out to me personally, texted me, hey, can I be on your show? Yeah, I love your show. Can I be on it? And I'm like, man, no. no can't be on it. Can't be. Try you playing know. a whole season without injuring something. And maybe we'll talk. <laughs> be we've more had, like Gino. Yeah, be more had, like Gino. Yeah, we've had Chad Henney on the show three times. How do you feel about that? Um, that's a lie we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be our style though wouldn't it reach out reach out to reach out to the nfl it's like and they say okay it's like we're gonna line you up it's like we're gonna get you Mahomes. you get lamar jackson it's like yeah but we really want chad henny <laughs> hey, just just as an ad next week when we do this podcast we've got seahawks quarterback on jacob eason no, I'm just <laughs> which actually would be awesome yeah he's actually not with the team anymore no, he isn't. And that's why it would make it awesome. <laughs> well, who's doing this show? Nothing? Um, <laughs> oh, God. That was painfully funny. Um, <laughs> We've got uh, next week, Dan Marino. Not Dan Marino, but the third lawyer he had in 1984. He's on the show. <laughs> so, we have talked to Walter Jones, but different. That's true, you have. I have not talked to Walter Jones, but you have spoken. Well, you, you held out. You're like, man, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I was holding up for Chad Henney. That's right. That's right. Chad Henney. <laughs> because who would you rather talk to, talk with on a Seahawks-based show? One of the greatest NFL players ever, and obviously one of the greatest Seahawks players ever, or Michelle Yeoh. So, you know. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Chad Henney's surely been a Seahawk at some point. <laughs> I believe he was on the initial roster, but got cut. So. That's right. I don't know what we got. We got Chad Henney or Rick Meyer this year. I guess we'll go with Meyer. <laughs> yes. Oh, my Lord. That would be special. As long as it's not Dan McGuire, we're good. So, uh, anyway, that's our that's our show. Uh, I don't really have anything to end with. Other Oh, other than uh, congratulations. To my really good friend, and I mean that with all sincerity, and the the voice you hear at the very end of the show that says, you are the worst, which is my friend Camille. She (laughs) is now 
15 weeks pregnant with her second child. So big congratulations. Go out to Camille. Major congratulations. And to anyway, that's our show. Chad Any final words? Uh, I'm sure Chad Henney is proud to be a father, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I got I got something. Go cracking. Why are you the worst? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.